0: You're listening to the Visionary, Investor the Visionary Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Marks, and I'm a stock market wealth investment mentor, speaker, and entrepreneur who has a passion for all things stock market investing, diving deep into quantitative and qualitative analysis, creating formulas and calculations that optimize stock market investing, and creating a life that fits your biggest and wildest dreams. You're in the right place if you're ready to tap into some investing strategies that aren't taught without getting a degree working for an investment firm, and some that aren't even taught anywhere else in the world. Find deeper clarity on your investments and what your future can hold. Strengthen your understanding of recession, stocks, and your money, and learn the tools to accelerate your investments and wealth. You're here to be a visionary investor, not an average one. A passionate disruptor with uncommon goals in the investing world. It doesn't matter where you are in your investing journey. You're never too late to become a successful investor. And I'm here to help you do that. Let's get into the investing flow. Get into the investing flow. Wow, do we have an episode for you today? Have you ever thought about whether the companies that you're investing into or looking to invest into are actually being responsible for the environment, for the workers and employees that work there, and for the company? And are they being fair? Are they actually improving our world, or are they making it worse? Today, we're going to talk about ESG which is sustainable investing. ESG stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. Some information in this podcast was pulled from MSCI's website, which is the finance company that's the leading provider of ESG data. MSCI assesses thousands of data points across 35 key issues. What does this mean? Well, MSCI is going to give you insight into the following. Environmental, Social, and Governance. Today, we're gonna mostly focus on environmental. So sustaining our planet, protecting from climate change, pollution and waste, and disrupting biodiversity. This is really important, and I don't hear it spoken about enough with investors and with the stock market. And as I started diving into this topic, I have to be honest with you. I really was noticing how not only important it is, to the world, but how passionate we are about this topic. And I know Jess and I have talked a lot about it in the past and even more recently. So this is just something that speaks really closely to home for both of us. And I'm just so excited to be able to share this with you guys. That being said, let's, let's get into it. Biodiversity is the different types of living things on our planet. Essentially, we're talking about the impact of large corporations on ecosystems. What's an ecosystem? According to the National Geographic, an ecosystem is an area where plants, animals, other organisms, and weather and landscape work together to form a bubble of life. So think of like a forest, for instance. A forest does so many things. It's an ecosystem in it of itself. So a forest purifies air, it filters water, provides food, prevents erosion, helps against climate change, it sustains biodiversity. Our planet has so many ecosystems in it, and forests are just one example. Now, if you think of like trees, for instance, and plants, they store carbon, which slows down the carbon dioxide buildup in the atmosphere. In an effort to reduce the warming of our planets, essentially climate change, and it does this on its own. We don't go, hey tree, can you help us with this carbon dioxide issue? No, they do that naturally and they've been doing that naturally for eternity. So we as a species that is on earth, we have a responsibility to make the earth a better place. They were there before us, we came after. So Think about when you cut down a tree, do you know what happens? Much of that stored carbon is released into the atmosphere again as carbon dioxide. So this tree worked really hard and it's pulling in that carbon dioxide and now eventually either when it's cut down or maybe there's decomposition due to potentially insects eating the tree or whatever it is, now it's released back. So you may be wondering, Why am I talking about all this? Let's take this knowledge and learn about a company I was reviewing. Bungie is an agribusiness and food company that connects farmers to consumers. They're one of the largest oilseed processors in the world. One of the big products they make is soybean oil, among many others. Let's take a look using MSCI at their ESG ratings. The first question MSCI aims to answer is would the company's emissions goals be enough to help keep global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius? So if everyone followed the goals that they're using, and the answer to that question is no, they're strongly misaligned. We would increase global warming to 3.5 degrees Celsius by 2050 if all companies followed the emission goals Bungie is using. Now, if you think a little bit further about the agriculture business, about farmers, about these corporations and what's going on here with the corporations essentially having the farmers do things that work best for the corporation. So what's going on? They're making soybean oil and the process we're going to get into it. But it's clear when you think a little bit further about it why this is causing so many greenhouse gases. Now, what, what is a little confusing is, according to MSCI, they do get a triple A, which means that they're a leader in ESG. So we can only imagine what other companies in the industry are like but i always like to do more digging they're actually a laggard in biodiversity and land use so we talked about biodiversity before now this is going to kind of come full fold one thing i use to try to understand this topic further I, i was looking at a bunch of different resources and i came across zero acre farms blog the reason i really had to share this resource is because it shares some wonderful information about the impact of vegetable oil production on the environment. Seed oil is one of Bungie's main products. And for Bungie, I'm referring specifically more so to soybean oil, which is more commonly known as vegetable oil. But some other seed oils are canola oil, grapeseed oil, sunflower oil, etc. This blog just does an amazing job exposing and also just educating on what the entire process is behind seed oils, because more often than not, it seems from the blog and my research so far, that there's a lot behind the scenes that we don't actually see. And there's a lot that goes into the oils that we use on a daily basis. So let's protect ourselves, let's protect each other, and let's protect our planet. So this comes directly from Zero Acres blog. It's broken down into six categories, land use, planting, water and irrigation, agricultural chemicals, refining oil, and transportation. These are the six categories that Zero Acre talks about. Wait until you listen to this. Land use. So corporations or farmers acquire land and they prepare it for planting crops. What's the potential impact? Deforestation, ecosystem destruction, and habitat loss. Then the next step, planting. Farmers and workers plant crops each year or multiple times per year. And the potential impact, erosion, soil depletion, emissions, energy usage. Next is water and irrigation. Crops require plenty of water, so farmers often irrigate them from other waste sources instead of relying on rain. Potential impact, water shortage during drought conditions. Agricultural chemicals. Farmers often use synthetic, fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, and other chemicals to increase yield and minimize profit loss. Potential impact. Pollution and contamination of soil and water. Refining oil. Farmers and workers harvest and process the crops, then refine them into cooking oil using industrial processes which require machinery and often solvents to extract maximum amount of oil potential impact, emissions, energy usage, soil loss, pollution, and contamination. And lastly, transportation. Refined oil is stored and transported, traded or sold, and eventually bottled and shipped to the consumer. The potential impact, emissions, and energy use. And they also share ways that vegetable oil production could be more sustainable. And I love that they're sharing those too and reading through some of them. Like instead of using soybean oil, using olive oil, stuff like that. It's just great for consumers to know. And it's also amazing to learn more about this in the process. So what's very common in oil seed production? The crops are sprayed with glyphosate. This is a weed killer. And it doesn't kill the soybean crop. So what's happening is you're killing the weeds, you're killing the insects, and you're leaving the crop intact. Another name for this is Roundup. So glyphosate or Roundup. Now, this not only goes into our food, it contaminates the soil, it ends up in our water supply. It's really a slew of terrible effects. Now, according to the National Institutes of Health, They analyzed studies that linked glyphosate to different cancers. Other studies showed that it altered estrogen receptors, among other issues. Now, the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, says there's no evidence that it causes cancer. And I quote them, the EPA did not agree with the International Agency for Research on Cancer conclusion that glyphosate is probably carcinogenic. Further, the EPA said there's no indication that glyphosate is an endocrine disruptor. Now, I believe chemicals like this in the U.S. are a big reason for many health-related issues. And the thing is, it's so easy to go crazy trying to limit things and avoid things. But the sad thing is, these corporations, they need to be controlled, they need to be exposed, and we need more information. And I feel like, of course, some things are limited and controlled, especially as the public learns more about these issues. But as they're quieter issues or pushed under the rug or radar, instead, corporations are able to take advantage. They're making billions of dollars and they're lobbying to keep policies so that they can continue to stay on top, even if something is not good for us. So getting back to food, Jess and I have talked a lot about this. And you hear it a lot. The food in other countries, it's different. While we've traveled to Europe, we certainly felt this. Even eating the same food is like a pizza in the U.S. versus Italy. There in Italy, it felt cleaner. And obviously some of it was much fresher, less processed, higher quality, locally sourced. And it's not just pizza. Even like snacks that we've bought in supermarkets overseas normally would be very heavily processed here in the US. In other countries, after eating them, you don't get that gross feeling, that bloated, that lethargic, and you know why? The chemicals. In Europe, a lot of things are banned. And in the US, unfortunately, I feel like there's a lot of shortcuts. And I wanna finish this episode with something that Jess says, which I find myself thinking about more and more as I'm going through my days. I hopefully will say this accurately. There are really no shortcuts to make something great. There are really no shortcuts to make something great. This really applies to everything. And especially as Jess has taught me how to be a better cook. And at times, I would try to do things like really fast and I'd be lazy when I was cooking. And unfortunately, that's kind of how I grew up cooking. And that's not a knock on anyone. It's just how things were for me growing up. So instead when I was learning from her and you know maybe normally I would burn things or cook them on too high of a heat once I started listening to her and cooking things on lower heat adding more seasonings letting them you know marinate more being more patient and putting more effort into my cooking I started noticing wow my food was coming out so much better why was this why is this there are really no shortcuts to make something great You could try to just microwave something, or you can spend the time and actually put the effort in and the patience and the dedication to making a great meal. Big, big difference here. And I believe the same applies to agriculture, to global warming, to deforestation, to corporate companies. Glyphosate is that shortcut. Some shortcuts are certainly more harmful than others. Imagine if instead of using glyphosate Companies found other organic methods, and we all know these exist. However, I'm sure they require more work, maybe they cost more money, and then they lead to lower profits for corporations. But guess what? Why should we be subjected to chemicals that could lead to cancer, impact our ecosystems, our endocrine systems, etc., and so much more? Big corporations with a lot of money, they tend to have a lot of power. And it makes it really, really hard to understand the truth of what's really going on. And let's be honest here, even if Roundup, aka glyphosate, is off the market in a couple of years or less, many times something else is going to come out in its place and it's hidden and it may be hidden for a while. Why? For that shortcut, that profit, for greed. So here at The Visionary Investor, we challenge you, before you invest, check ESG ratings. Look into the company. Do you actually stand behind what the company is doing and how they're doing it? Are they visionaries? Are they looking after our planet? Are they looking after you? These are such important questions to ask. We really wish that they were asked more often. And we wish companies were just doing the right thing. But we need to each look after each other. And the more we talk about this and stand up for what we feel is right the more we change the world. No matter what you feel your impact is, it's immense. It's not small. We all can play a part in making a positive change. So let's do this together as investors. We're so passionate about truly helping the world be a better place. And it really does start with all of us, the consumers, the investors, When we can better understand a company, we're able to take that knowledge, we're able to invest into better companies, and the more money we put behind companies that we feel good about, the more we understand, the better chance we have at taking these large companies and making them have to change their policies, making them be better for the earth, be better for us. Be better for their own employees and their own company. It's so important because when you're doing this research and when you're learning, you'll also realize the companies you don't want to support anymore because you don't like the missions they're sharing. You don't like how they're doing things. And you don't like what you just learned about the behind the scenes. So if you're unsure of where to start as an investor, how to gain this knowledge, how to do this research, because it's not difficult. You just need a push in the right direction. We created a masterclass to help you unlock the secrets to six plus figures passively in the stock market. That is, of course, sustainable too. There's a link in the description or head over to VI Archives Community to watch this training for free. Thank you everyone for listening to this podcast. Kindly subscribe and follow us on all other platforms at The Visionary Investor.